So if you had like your grandma coming in to visit, you would go and rent a house plant. Let's normalize not just brown leaves. Let's normalize failing as well. I name my plants. <laughs> they're they're <laughs> of basically part you of do. the family. You only want to fertilize a plant during periods of active growth. When you run out of shelf space, there's always the ceiling. <laughs> in the spring, it looks like we've been robbed because I move all of my house plants out there. Welcome back to the Helpful Gardeners podcast. This week, we're exploring houseplants. There's a kind of magic around houseplants, isn't there, Colin? Yeah, there is, uh, especially when you're in a uh, northern climate in uh, Canada and we're looking out the window at a ridiculous amount of snow and minus 26, I think it was this morning. Oh, goodness. (laughs) Yeah. This is when we really love our house plants. Exactly. Like everything, growing from seed we talked about, all the plants that we've got, uh, gardening, all the subjects we're going we're gonna to cover. House plants might not be for everybody. For the longest time, you know, uh, full disclosure, when I was landscaping, working six days a week, dealing with plants outside, 10-hour days, because you, you've, you've got a short season to, to do the landscaping, and I'm doing it commercially. Yeah. I didn't want to come home and look after more plants. That was not something that I had the energy for. It wasn't something that interested me. So for the longest time, I think I had one house plant, didn't even know what it was. Just every once in a while, threw it some water, and that was it. So house plants might not be for everybody, but I kind of feel that if you're listening to us and you're listening to our podcast and you know Golden Acres and, uh, you know, this is all the things that interest you, you probably either have a houseplant or many houseplants or you want to get started with houseplants. Yeah. And, and the majority of millennials nowadays consider themselves plant parents. They really do. Uh, we, we had a meeting a few years ago uh, with some young guys. It, w- it was a tech thing we were talking about, you know, very well-dressed, they were in suits and they were, they were sharp looking dudes. And, and they were young guys like right, you know, in, in, in the world of tech. And they were saying that out of all of their friends, the people who didn't have houseplants were by far the minority. And I was like, even in the world that you're in and, and tech and yeah, everybody now is uh, looking at houseplants. But I think we understand more of the benefits now about houseplants, about what they can do in cleaning the air and uh, mental health and having that, and especially in the winter here. And that's why I think people are, you know, kind of turned on to that idea that, oh yeah, houseplants are a good thing. Well, and that's just a recent thing where the the, the sort of commentary around houseplants has been around wellness and, and, and that sort of thing. It hasn't always been like that. I've actually, I was actually really curious about the history of houseplants. I, I, you know what? I'm sitting here and I'm like that, is amazing. I have never considered that. No, I mean, once. plants are just such a normal thing in our lives. I mean, especially for us working at a garden center yep. and garden centers, not, they didn't exist. Yeah. Garden centers. My dad used to drag me to, you know, oh, we're going to the garden center. It's Saturday. And I'd be like, okay, I guess yeah. we're going to the garden center. But you're right. Where did this all come from? Yeah. Yeah. So we have records of like bonsai and ornamental plants grown indoors in Chinese culture back in like 1000 BC. Wow. So this is a long time. Uh, the Greeks, the Romans, they grew potted plants. And then after the Romans, plants were more so about survival. So people would be growing fruits and vegetables and herbs. But then in the 17th century, during the Enlightenment era, houseplants really started to gain some popularity. Um, there was a, um, a gentleman by the name of Sir Hugh Platt. He was an English agricultural 
study. And he wrote a book called The Garden of Eden. And it was about bringing plants sort of indoors. And so that that idea spread across Europe. Um, and then people started to have some more greenhouses and conservatories to house some of the plants that came in from explorers right. who were traveling to places like Asia and North America. And they would bring back plants. And it sort of became this luxury item. You know, a lot of plants were owned by monarchs yep. and people who were very wealthy. And if you couldn't afford to keep plants, this is how high house plants were held in society. People would rent them. So people would rent house plants when people were coming around to visit. Re- so if you had like your grandma coming in to visit, you would go and rent a house plant and then put it in your parlor. Oh my. Just for 24 hours. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, from that point um, in the 19th century during the Victorian era, uh, became a, a sort of symbol of of wealth and middle class and a lot of the most popular house plant back then was the cast iron plant. Okay. Because it was so easy to care for. I was going to say, is the clue in the name? Like <laughs> couldn't kill the thing? Yeah, exactly. The one thing that I found really cool, um, I'm going to link the video that I that I saw this from in our show notes, but people loved taking pictures with these plants. <laughs> okay, so that's not even a new thing. That's not a new thing, right? Oh my God, Be- that's so cool. Yeah. Like- so if you equate it to kind of nowadays, we do that a lot on Instagram. Yep. We take pictures with plants. And also... It was kind of like a show of your wealth. So it was like wearing Gucci or taking a picture with a Starbucks cup, right? It was it was like, oh, here here's my plant. I have a plant. You know, I'm so oh amazing, right? And then and then nowadays, I mean, we fast forward to the 20th century, 21st century. Plants are so mainstream. There's yep. they're 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 so much more accessible. We have garden centers now, and I mean even here at Golden Acre, that's a huge department for us is the houseplant yep. department. And so many people are treating houseplants as more of a hobby as opposed to a, a show of wealth. I understand, um, you know, back in the day, it being a privilege and a wealth because you'd you'd have to have that uh, conservatory, the sunroom, the solarium, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Even now, light is not a barrier for entry to have a plant. No, there's so many more tools available now yeah. to help you grow house plants. Absolutely. Yeah, and uh, back then, you know, when when you think about the Dickensian times, and you think about all the coal plants and steel mills and and all the houses crammed on top. Uh, you know, whenever you see the Hollywood movies, it it doesn't look very bright and cheerful and sunny. So trying to keep a plant alive, uh, you know, must have been a nightmare. And and now we've we've gone away from that, thankfully, and, and and we're still trying to get further away. You know, the amount of times that people come in and they go, oh, I, I'm in a north office, or I, I want a plant for my basement, or I have a basement suite, whatever it might be. And you go, well, yeah, this these plants will, will take it. You know, Sansevieria is easy plant, blah, blah, blah. But you go, well, why don't you get a grow light? And you can see them and they're like, Ugh. and then you explain that it's, $10 for the bulb and a $10 lamp, $20 lamp, and you have a grow light that will last for years and keep your plants alive. You know, it, my office uh, that that we record this in, any of the lights uh, that anybody ever sees in my office, they're all grow lights. Yeah. You know, and it's just that easy now. Even though it is easier now to care for a plant, I think that there's still always something that you can learn from each individual place that you grow your plant. There's always going to be that trial and error. There, well, there has to be because... Uh, some of the grow lights that we have, they will keep a plant alive, but the plant won't thrive. Mm-hmm. The example I always give is that that one that I just said, $10 bulb, 
$20 desk light. Um, it'll keep alive a spider plant. It'll keep alive a pothos, that kind of thing. But you're not going to be able to grow tomatoes mm-hmm. with it. It's not strong enough to give the plant the energy it needs. You know, a, a lot of times people will see and they'll go, well, my friend has grown this plant and they have a grow light. They don't know exactly what type of plant it is. They don't know what grow light. You know, I have some plants at home. They probably get enough sunlight to live, but I want them to thrive. It's it's some corn plants. Um, I've got a I've got a palm going in there, and I really like that corner, and I really want it to do uh, very well. So I also put in a grow light, mm-hmm. and they are thriving. It's green, it's lush, it looks great at night when it's just all that highlighted color, especially at this time of year, the dark nights. You have a, a full spectrum grow light. It, it helps make you feel better looking at that and then green green plants going. Mm-hmm. But if somebody were to come in and look and be like, oh, I'm going to replicate that. If you don't know what the plants are or the light is, you may fail. Mm-hmm. And and like everything, you know, how many times do we say this? One size doesn't fit all. No. You know, we, we might not like the same house plants. Yeah, we might not like the same house plants. We have different lighting in each season. We have different requirements. Sometimes your soil will uh, yep. dry out quicker in other seasons yep. than others. So there's so many different factors that go into house plants. Yep. I feel like I, I genuinely feel I'd be remiss if I didn't say this. And I find some people, they don't necessarily want a house plant because they want a house plant, they almost feel pressured into having, well, everybody else has one. I suppose I should get one. And I will say, well, if, if you don't want one, don't get it. Mm-hmm. You know, it don't you don't have to give in to that peer pressure because um, we always want to put our best face forward. Doesn't matter what we do in life uh, at work. I come to work and I, I make sure I'm showered in the morning and I, I put on clean clothes. You know, I, I, I'm very professional. I, well, I'm not very professional, but I look professional. When I get home, I am straight into sweatpants and slippers and uh, old 12-year-old hoodie. That's my favorite hoodie. Yeah. And I find that that's, you know, you touched on this uh, when you were saying people took photos of their plants to kind of be like, oh, look how good I am. I have a plant. Yeah. And we see these pictures and we post them as well, houseplants that look phenomenal. Mm-hmm. But that's not always an attainable goal. No, not at all. I love what you say um, when you say let's normalize brown leaves. Mm-hmm. Because you're right. Your plant can't always have perfect leaves all the time. No, no but they're alive and they're growing. I, I have a, a succulent at home. And the thing is huge. It's doing great. It does not look like any great succulent you would see. Uh, At one point, it kind of fell over and I was like, meh, still alive. I didn't do anything. And then it grew up to the light. So it's got this weird bend in it, but it's alive. It looks great in its little spot and I'm letting it just get on with its life. Yeah. If I was to post that on social media, people would be like, oh, does this guy even know what he's doing? And I find that we we do have to normalize the brown leaves. We do have to understand that Mm -hmm. life happens to us. If if I took a picture of myself every hour on the hour for the entire time I was awake, I'm not going to look great in every one of those selfies. I'm probably going to look good in fewer selfies than I look bad in. Because first thing in the morning, I ain't looking great. I can promise you that. When I get off work and I'm like, yeah, sweats, blah, 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 and I'm sitting on my couch. I don't, I don't always look great, but you know what? That's life. I'm tired after work. I'm tired when I wake up. There's things going on that we have to deal with. 
Yet we have this mentality that if our plant doesn't look pristine and it's not doing exactly what we expect all the time, we're failing it somehow. Mm-hmm. If we can get that message across that, you know, the plants are going to live, they're going to do okay, and it's just a matter of of being aware and enjoying it. Are you enjoying it? And is the plant healthy? And if that's the case, you're doing fine. Well, and going back to what we were saying at the beginning about how houseplants nowadays are more so focused around wellness. Yep. You know, I went on our social media on Instagram at Golden Acre Garden, and I asked you know, what's the main reason you keep houseplants? And it was interesting. It was it was split 50-50 between wellness and decor. Interesting. Yeah, a lot of people like having something to care for in their home. And a lot of people get attached to their plants. I name my plants. <laughs> they're they're basically part of the family. <laughs> but then, of course, there's the other side of it too, where some people just really like the way that they look in their home or their office. Yep. They add something. It does. It it. it makes it feel welcoming. Mm-hmm. It adds that life where where you come in and you're like, oh, it there's something welcoming. There's that green. It feels fresher. I've had people tell me with all the plants I've got going in my office, my office feels fresh. I think I picked wellness, mm-hmm. but if I'm being 100% honest, I could have picked either of those two. Neither of them would have been a lie. Mm-hmm. My plants are for my wellness. Something stressful happening uh, at home or at work, I mentioned this when, uh, when, when we did the uh, seminar at SAIT. Uh, it was so true. And I came in uh, last week and I came in and it had been one of those mornings where just tons of little niggly things dropping my keys and blah, blah, blah. And I'm flustered to begin with. And I come in, stack of paperwork I've got to deal with. And just one thing, I, and I turned around and I looked and my seedlings needed water. And I put everything down, picked up my watering can and went and got water. And it grounded me. Now, I'm not growing those seedlings for decor. I'm growing them uh, for tomatoes and I'm going to give them all away. But when I look at my pothos wall that I've got, that makes me happy. Mm -hmm. I'd be so sad if anything happened to my pothos. I'm not growing those necessarily for my mental health. However, I just said they'd make me sad. So ergo, they make me happy. If I'd I'd seen that question 10 minutes later, I might have answered it a different way, but I still wouldn't have been lying. Mm Mm-hmm. At least two days a year, I, I dedicate an entire day to working on my houseplants. Early spring, uh, middle of spring, depending on the weather, and uh, early fall, middle of fall. And it's to inspect them, to repot them if they need it, uh, change out the soil, make sure the amendments are good, check the lighting, move them, whatever it might be. And I gather them all up and I go through them and I go through them one by one if you're not going to like this part, Brandy, but if some of them are underperforming, <laughs> just I know your- exactly where you're going with this. <laughs> if some of them are underperforming or I'm just like, uh, you're not growing, I'm not feeling it. It has a date with the compost. Okay, uh, compost is better than trash. Yeah, uh, yeah. exactly. See, I, I, I'm giving back. But that day is, uh, it's it's always a good day for me. I enjoy it and I play around. Um, I... I a couple of years ago, I did it, and uh, that palm, the, the the palm tree I, I was just talking about, uh, I divided that, and now uh, Jenny has one palm tree in her office, and I have one downstairs. Cute. Yeah, because I was lifting it out the pot; it needed to be changed, and I was like, "Oh, look at this!" And I, I divided it, you know, put in the correct fertilizer. I give them a uh, transplanter, got them up and running, and then moved one into Jenny's office because Jenny loves plants. She doesn't always take care of them. Well, why would she? I mean, she has me. 
she takes more photos than me. If we need a professional picture, I'm not the one taking it. <laughs> but Jenny loves plants in her office, so I make sure she's got plants in her office. And she loves them for the decor because I'm like, there's your mm-hmm. plant. And she's like, uh, maybe could we put that in a nice pot? And I'm like, it's fine in that pot. And it's an old, dirty grower's pot. <laughs> Something tells me you're about the cover pot. Oh, I'm totally about the cover pot. And that's that's the thing, right? If the cover pot makes her happy and adds to the experience, you know, there's the decor aspect yep. of it where it just adds that little extra something, something to your space. And and I know you had mentioned their um, state. And I think when we're talking about wellness and, and plants in your space and, and the kind of positivity that they can bring, yep. um, we went on a road trip to Southern Alberta Institute of Technology. And what's great about state, haha. <laughs> I rhymed. <laughs> okay. Um, what their focus Seder's is. Seder's going to say. Hashtag not sponsored. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but we do have umbrellas. <laughs> they have a great focus on student wellness. Um, they had a big poster on the wall um, featuring the 28 Days of Happiness. Yep. That was really fun. It was compliment day when it we were there. It was compliment day. Um, they also had a banner that was directing students to their many wellness programs. They had counseling services. So different than when I went there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like 10 years ago. You know, the reason why we were there was they were hosting a terrarium building workshop um, in in partnership, I believe, with the student engagement and student development and counseling departments on campus. Um, and it was so it was so fun to work with yep. them. Well, and that group, uh, the Owls. Yes. It's, it's, you know, graduated from you know, that Victorian uh, mentality where, what you said, it made me laugh where people would have the plant in the parlor where they entertained. They didn't have the plant for any reason other than to be, you know, ostentatious, Mm -hmm. other than to be like, oh, look at my plant, aren't I special? Yeah. It's less about showing off the plant. Mm -hmm. And it's more about what does that plant give to me? Exactly. Jenny's office, very, very few people go into her office um, those plants aren't for anybody else but for Jenny. And I'll be honest, the plants I grow downstairs, I don't care if people like my plants or not. I like them. Mm-hmm. Jenny likes them, even though she did give me grief, rightfully so. But she was like, plants look great. And I was like, oh, thank you, honey. And she was like, can we get some more cover pots? And I was like, oh, yeah, we can do that. It can be many things to many people. But yeah, that that thing we did at, uh, at say, that webinar... It was incredible uh, to go there. Um, and, and when I did that, uh, that webinar and I touched on uh, some things that, you know, plants have taught me, things that I've learned from, you know, 30 plus years uh, of being around plants and gardening and being in nature um, and whatnot. And that seemed to resonate more with people, more than me talking about how photosynthesis works. Yeah, it really did. And I mean, the fact that, there's lessons that plants can teach us in, in our own lives and that plants can be so personalized. Like e- every single one of those terrariums were different. Yeah, they really were. The terrarium shape, they all had a standard shape. Mm-hmm. Uh, they bought, uh, you know, the six inch, uh, whatever it was, mm-hmm. glass terrarium. And some people planted them off to the side. Some people planted them right in the middle. Some people just did moss. There was one that I really loved and it was just all greens. They didn't put any rocks in it. It was moss and um, they're succulent. And I was like, I love that. I I love that deep green. It's such a soothing color. 
But then other people went really formal and mm-hmm. they did a perfect ring with the rocks and 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 everything was very um, concentric. Mm-hmm. It looked amazing and they were smiling ear to ear. Yeah, I think one of my favorite ones, somebody actually used a piece of mulch that was in the soil bag and they used it as like a form of like, it almost looked like a log that was in their terrarium. Oh, cool. It, I, I coined it the British Columbia terrarium because it reminded nice. me of just like a lush forest. Yep. in British Columbia. Yeah, with with, with 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 some green growth happening, a log there, probably some moss going on. Oh, it was beautiful. And yep. they and what if they came from British Columbia? Maybe that's maybe that reminds them of home. Yeah, a little slice of home. And and that's what it's about. We can see a plant and somebody will say, Oh, you have to grow this. Uh one that's very common that 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 I'll say, and I know some people absolutely love it, is the African violet. Oh, I love it. Yep. My sister loves them. I've got some uh, some friends on Instagram. I don't particularly enjoy them. Oh. I, I I don't have any. Never have. I doubt I ever will. They're not my cup of tea. But when I see how happy they make other people, that makes me happy. Mm-hmm. You know, life is, it's coming at us fast these days. There's a lot going on. I am never, ever going to tell anybody, this is the plant you should have. Pick the plant that resonates with you. And it doesn't matter. Oh, my area is too bright. Okay, no problem. When you're talking about a plant uh, for the light, every plant uh, has to undergo photosynthesis. It's not that a plant needs shade per se, it's that it's shade tolerant. It can live with less light. That's all it means. So you're never going to really have an area that's too bright unless your area is 100% full sun all day, every day uh, and gets to 40 degrees. Then we may have to start being a bit more careful with our selection. But the vast majority of us, that isn't the case. So you're never going to be pigeonholed into having to grow a plant. You can grow whatever you want and set up the lights and Build slow. Mm-hmm. You know, what, one plant that I always have, and, and, and it's funny because I know some, some people who are very enthusiastic about houseplants and they're like, oh, I, I, don't, I don't like spider plants. They're, they're, they're just too common. I love spider plants. They're, they're renowned for cleaning the air. Uh, they're ridiculously hardy. They come, there's curly cues and there's variegated and there's all different kinds you can have. They look great as a hanging plant. They look great as a potted desk plant. But the thing I love about them is that they love to put out tons of babies. Mm -hmm. And then those babies are one of the easiest to water propagate. And they are real easy to give away. Mm -hmm. And then people get a plant and I love encouraging them to plant it themselves and you know, how many webinars have I done where I've given them away or taught people how to plant them or made sure people have got their own spider plant? That might be all it takes is one plant and you take care of it and you go, hey, I'm keeping this alive. Hey, I'm doing this. Now I want a different plant and go and get whichever, ever plant you want. It doesn't matter. But I like spider plants. I think they're a great introductory plant. And the amount of people I've encouraged to get into the world of plants through them, uh, they're always going to be one of my favorites. I think that was another thing that when we were at Sates, I asked somebody, um, you know, how do plants make you feel? And everybody said happy. And the one person I asked mm-hmm. what they're going to do with their terrarium after the uh, after the event, and they said, I'm going to give it to my boyfriend because he loves plants more than me. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I mean, that's what's great. I mean, plants make... Why what? is it though that everybody who gives something away gravitates to you? I know, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> 
But I think that's what I love about plants, sharing the wealth, sharing the love of plants. Whenever I think about going over to a housewarming, what do I bring? A plant, right? Plants, Plants are a show of love. Plants are a show of wellness. Plants, I mean, there's so much positive narrative around plants these days and especially house plants. And I'm all for it. So a couple of springs ago, I went downstairs, mad busy, typical spring in a garden center. And I helped some customers, uh, people looking at the fertilizer wall and whatnot. And I saw this mom and dad, uh, they're pushing a, a cart and they had a little kid with them, maybe five or six. And uh, this kid, I, I could relate, literally looked like me, uh, dragging their feet, not happy. They're in a garden center. It's busy. It's hot. It's a Saturday. I get it. You, you'd rather be out on your bike or playing soccer or playing video games, whatever it might be. You don't want to be shopping for plants. I scooched off to the house plant and we had these pots in, you probably remember them, uh, the little terracotta animals. Yeah. Okay. So I found one, I think it was the giraffe, uh, maybe the llama. I, I honestly can't remember. It doesn't matter. And I grabbed uh, a little two inch succulent. I made sure it fit. It did. Ran back, found the kid. And I was like, excuse me. And they looked and I was like, I obviously talked to the parents first. I'm like, would it be okay if, if I give your kid this? And they were like, yeah. And I was like, okay, I, I work here. And I was like, Hey, I was like, I know it can get boring in here. And I was like, can you do me a favor? And can you look after this? And the kid's like, oh my God. And I, I, I go, look, that's yours. You take care of that one for me. And I told them quickly how to look after a succulent. That kid was smiling ear to ear. And then I, I stayed on the floor. I helped people and I saw them walking and that kid was carrying it like it was the most precious thing. And they were still smiling. How special is yeah. that? Now, I'm not saying that's going to work for every kid. Some kids are going to be like, oh, I don't want you plant. And, and I get that. I, absolutely. Such a simple gesture of giving uh, this tiny plant and, and seeing how happy that kid was. And it wasn't even anything promotional. The parents were already here buying. I'm not like trying to bring them in. Like, oh, look how nice I am. It's just like, I want to put a smile on somebody's face. Mm-hmm. And it absolutely did. It changed the whole mood. I, I don't know when, if ever, that somebody has gifted mm-hmm. me a plant because they know I've got access to any plant I want and I'll just go get any plant I want. I would be over the moon if somebody gave me a plant because I'd say, oh, they know who I am. They know I like plants. They know I enjoy this. Um, and I, I'll tell you right now, I wouldn't care if somebody gave me a pothos. I've got five or six different pothos. Even mm-hmm. if I had one of that type of pothos and they were like, I got you a pothos, I'd be like, sweet, I have another pothos. Mm-hmm. And I'd find a place for it. So I will say one thing about gifting plants, though. Gift small rather than big. Because then people go, oh, where am I? You don't want to give somebody an eight-foot ficus. Because now they have to rearrange their whole living room. It's a major obligation. Mm -hmm. But a four-inch, a six-inch plant with a couple of care instructions and an idea on what to do. And, you know, what you've just given somebody is such an amazingly thoughtful gift as opposed to, you know, oh, there's a gift card. You know, what's interesting on top of that too, when we're talking about, oh, what kind of plant should I gift somebody if I am going to gift them a plant? And you mentioned pothos, which is foliage based. It's very much focused on foliage. And when I was on social media, I actually asked people, you know, what part of the house plant do you naturally gravitate to? Because normally Valentine's, we shop flowers, Easter, Easter flowers, like Mother's Mm -hmm. Day flowers. It's always flower based. But surprisingly, uh, the majority of people said foliage. 81% of people said foliage over flower. That's okay. That's way higher than I thought. I, I actually did think foliage would win. Yeah. Yeah. Not at, at that level. 
Mm-mm. Nope. I don't believe I have one flowering plant. I have over 60 houseplants. Yeah. And I can't think of any, any that are flowering. Now, with that being said, when we have false bulbs and Jenny loves tulips, I'll bring tulips home for her. Yeah. Cut flowers. Mm-hmm. But for my plants... I, the foliage, it makes me happy. Mm-hmm. It really does. It's it's that green color. I mean, there's a reason why in the entertainment business, it's the green room. Yeah. It's a calming color. And when you walk into our uh, into our houseplant department, the first thing you see are flowers. There's an, there's an African violet society. And, and then if we, if, we, if we think kind of, you know, outside the, the box, when people are coming in uh, for, their, for their garden plants, mm-hmm. it, yeah. very few people are leaving with foliage. Even the number, well, I shouldn't say the number one, but one of the most popular uh, perennials uh, is the peony. Why? Because of those massive flowers it puts out. So clearly people are very driven towards flowers. And then 81% of the people, and I mean, we we have a fair number of people on our social media. Mm-hmm. We have people who weigh in and 81% yeah. to pick foliage over flowers. That's that's well skewed to what I would have thought. I think we were talking about this at the beginning of the podcast. I mean, in just like a simple pothos, you can have different variations, different variegations, different colors, um, bright, bright green, um, ones with little specks. I think the marble queen pothos has a beautiful white in it. So like even in just a single plant, if you're looking for a trailing plant, you can find foliage that is so diverse. And different shapes. And different shapes. Yes. You know, you have the spider plant. Like I said, there's, um, I have, I have two at home and I have them right next to each other in a plant stand. Along with a branch, I cut off my ficus that I decided to see if I could propagate. And I did. And now I've got this massive branch that isn't turning into a tree, but it just keeps getting longer and bigger, but it's thriving. So I'm not going to get rid of it, but I don't really know what its purpose is. But anyway, I enjoy it. That's its purpose. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right next to that, I have two spider plants and one is just a, a regular standard basic spider plant, just that deep green, uh, beautiful long needle leaf. And the one right next to it is a variegated curly cue. And the leaves look like somebody took a curling eye into it. And they look amazing together. Same type of plant, same species, spider plant, but different variety. And they look amazing together. So playing with the different tones and the different textures. A fig, you know, I, I have the fig in my office. It's it's the literally the traditional fig fruit tree. Compare that leaf to a, a fiddle leaf fig. Totally different. There's one I want to touch on. I, I have a fiddle leaf fig. Uh, I love my fiddle leaf fig. But there was one um, that was ridiculously popular. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but its popularity went through the roof. And a lot of people were getting quite upset. And they were going, why is it dropping leaves? Why are the leaves browning? What's going on? And uh, they don't like being moved around. Uh, they don't like a ton of uh, disturbance and noise. And when they're stressed, they will drop leaves. But people weren't understanding that when they bought them. Mm-hmm. When we told people that, they were like, oh, okay. And they'd find a spot and and it balanced out. And, and they're still a very popular plant, rightfully so. They're beautiful. Maybe that's the kind of plant you want to put in your office under a grow light and just kind of keep somewhere quiet for yourself. It might not be a plant that you want to put on display because it's always going to be in shock. You know, if if you're not very good on a watering schedule, maybe you should be looking more at uh, the snake plant. 
Oh, yeah. You forget to water them, you're going to be okay. Mm -hmm. What plant do you like, but also what plant is going to suit your lifestyle? We talk about the, the wellness part. However, I don't know that it's necessarily good for somebody's mental health if they're buying a plant and watching it die. Mm -hmm. Ask us the questions. Get the advice you need. Talk to the right people. By all means, Google. But the, the thing I always worry about on Google, I've Googled things before, primarily out of curiosity. And I have seen top results and it's not really the right answer. Yeah. It's too vague or they're only talking about one type and not another type of plant. But people, if they don't know, they go, oh, well, that must be all plants. You know, you, you type into Google, how do I care for my house plant? Well, it's going to tell you how to care for your house plant, but that's a very, very generic way. And if you've got a pothos, a cactus, and a succulent, they're all going to require very, very different things. Mm -hmm. But you've read one generic thing and you go, well, why is only one of them living and the other two aren't? I mean, in the very, very first episode of the Helpful Gardeners podcast, we were talking about the hardiness zones across Canada yep. and how each... Each region has different humidity, different yep. dryness levels. So if you're looking for something online and it tells you, oh, um, you know, um, water it this much, but say you live in a drier climate and your plant is going to dry out more, maybe maybe you should be turning more to those local yep. nurseries, stores, and they can offer you more localized advice. Yeah. And and plants, uh, you know, they react differently in, in our own seasons, even without going across Canada. Yeah. The winter tends to be drier. Plus, we turn on our heat. So you have uh, dry air, you have forced air um, in a drier environment. You may find that even though your plant isn't actively growing in the winter, you may need to water more. Yeah. You go to the East Coast, St. John and New Brunswick. They uh, get a ton of snow. Their winters are very long, just like ours. But their uh, weather gets locked in. They don't get Chinooks. So... When you're there and you've got a plant on a windowsill, it may not be getting enough uh, natural light. It might be cloudy for four or five days. In the spring, the fog they sometimes get being on the Bay of Fundy, uh, no light is getting through. Where here, yeah, okay, we might get colder than there, but the amount of sunlight we get in Calgary. Mm -hmm. So all of these are things that you need to consider is where where you're located. Um, is your plant getting the same amount of light year round? How is the soil year round? Are you in a in a dry location? And people move and they bring their plants with them. Mm -hmm. And they go, well, I know this plant only needs to be watered half a cup of water once a week on a Sunday and then suddenly you come and your plant isn't doing good and you think, oh, what am I doing wrong? You're not really doing anything wrong. It just required a different watering cycle. It might be getting too much or not enough. You know, where in the house is it? Is it in a uh, northeast window or is it in a southwest window? Yeah. You know, I, I have a room southwest facing and it's basically all windows. And I put a ton of my house plants there and they love it, but it isn't insulated. Mm. So they can't stay there in the winter in the spring, it looks like we've been robbed because I move all of my house plants out there and it's like, oh, we have a lot of room in this <laughs> living room. <laughs> so, it looks a lot bigger. Yeah. And then come October, I move them all back in. You're like, oh, right. It's crowded. It's very crowded. <laughs> <laughs> but it feels it feels cozy. I don't want to say crowded because they're all welcome. Plus, I did just buy another one that I uh, I have to bring home. But it's a hanging plant, so it requires... Different space. It's when you run out of shelf space, there's always the ceiling. <laughs> just got to put a couple of hooks in or, uh, 
Maybe get a new shelving rack. Yeah. There's there's options. That's or all I'm saying. Yeah. And not having a house plant. That's okay. You shouldn't you shouldn't do anything because you're peer pressured into it or uh, you're seeing it on social media or you believe that this is what you have to do. You know, when we talk about uh, the mental health uh, and whatnot, and I, I've said this before, I've said it to you, I've said it at webinars. I find that plants help me. I know anecdotally people have told me plants help them, but I don't believe they're a cure. They're a tool in the toolbox. If you do have a depression or anxiety Whatever you might be going through with your mental health, plants and nature um, and petting a dog or a cat, they're all just tools in the toolbox. Mm -hmm. And it's whatever you require. So I don't want people to think, oh, you know, I I have seasonal depression. A plant will make me better. I will happily sit on the couch and just stare at my plants. One time Jenny and I were talking, nothing major, nothing stressful. And and Jenny was, she said something and she was like... "Um, Oh, you're not looking. Are you not interested? And I was like, oh, no, I'm, I'm listening to everything you're saying. Sorry, I was just looking at the plants. Because we were talking about, you know, boring adult stuff and budgets and blah, 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 all this stuff you have to deal with. And my brain is is running ahead. It's going a mile a minute because, oh, mm-hmm. this budget. But if we do this and we're looking at all of these things and I'm like, oh, you know what? Just look at your plants. Listen to what Jenny's saying and and it helps calm me down helps focus and brings me back to the narrative that I need to be on. So I've never heard people say to me, um, oh, I got houseplants and they caused me so much stress. Yeah. The vast majority of people are like, they're great. And if you are stuck, if you are having problems, if you need help picking one out, talk to us. Well, and that's another thing I find too, is there's so much information readily available. There's support groups on Facebook for houseplants. There's... Um, you know, Instagram, mm-hmm. inspo, uh, there's, there's so much information. I feel like houseplants can be a little bit overwhelming. Yep. And I think what's important is to tell people that it's okay to be an amateur at it. You know, do what you can start small. You don't have to come out of the gate and try and replicate what you've seen on social media. You don't have to walk uh, into my office and go, Oh my God, I need to do this. Mm-hmm. It didn't look like this when I, when I came into this office, it's taken time to get here. Mm-hmm. When I moved uh, away from uh, the plant end of the of the business and into the purchasing and admin and media, mm-hmm. that was when I was like, oh, I'm, I'm actually really missing my interaction with plants. I decided to get into house plants. Oh, man, I was not doing good. I went to see Catherine and I was like, can you please help me? Uh, she said, what's going on? I said, I, I really want to be successful with house plants. Yeah. I'm not having any luck. And she came into my office and one of the best pieces of advice she gave me was give it less water more often until you figure out the watering schedule. Oh, I love that. Yeah, because I was overwatering. I was used to watering outdoor plants Mm -hmm. where natural drainage because they're in a flower bed. So, yeah, you can't really overwater and and away I went. I mean, you can overwater outdoor plants, absolutely, but it's a lot more difficult. I was watering... Every other day, mm-hmm. I, I was like, I'm like oh, probably give it more water. And I was wiping them out at an alarming rate. Once I got that under control, I was like, well, what do I do next? And she was like, okay. And she showed me the next step and she helped me figure out lighting. And between, between Catherine mm-hmm. doing that and then Tracy, uh, who helped me uh, understand lighting better, uh, artificial lighting, it didn't take me too long to become successful, but I started as a rank amateur. Yeah. So it's, 
very okay to be an amateur. And just because you lose one or two, or in my case, 10 plants at the very beginning, doesn't mean you have to give up. It absolutely doesn't. Start with some of the easier, uh, hardier ones. You know, you don't have to go to these complex ones, uh, uh, flowering ones, where I know people who have flowering plants, they can keep the plant alive, but they find it very difficult to get it to flower again because now you have to change light cycles and different fertilizers, blah, blah, blah. And maybe that's not something you want to tackle. Maybe you want something really easy. So you're like, you know what? I'm going with a pothos. I want a nice vine. I want it to climb. I want it in my bathroom. So it has to be able to take humidity. I'm going with a pothos. And then you go, oh, I really like this. And then you try something else. Let's normalize not just brown leaves. Let's normalize failing as well. Mm-hmm. Because it's okay to try. It's okay to fail. And it's okay to try again. Our question of the week comes from Holly Marisco on Instagram. And they ask, how do you know when to repot? How do you divide houseplants? And when do you fertilize and how? It's a big question. Yeah, it is a big question. Uh, and, 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 and really good because all of those are pertinent. So let's start with, uh, with repotting. Mm-hmm. I wish there was something I could say where I could say, oh, you have a pothos, you water it every Thursday at nine o'clock in the morning and it'll live forever. But that's not the case as we established. Um, mm-hmm. Each plant is going to need to be looked at differently. And that's why I spend those two days a year and I lift uh, the plants that are in the cover pots out and I see uh, what's happening. So a good way to tell is if you've got roots coming out the drainage holes and if you give the, the plastic growers pot a little squeeze and there is no resistance. Normally it means the roots are pushed up right against it and the roots are coming out the bottom. It's probably pushed out a lot of its soil. Uh, It's heavily depleted um, and that's going to need to be repotted. But what happens if you accidentally planted it in a cover pot and it doesn't have a nice plastic grower's pot on it? So... (laughs) <laughs> like I may have done. <laughs> Asking for a friend. I know. <laughs> um, that's a very good question too. <laughs> then you're going to have to look at the overall health of the plant. Mm. If it is still great, uh, the leaves are a nice healthy green, uh, it looks like it did when you bought it, it's probably okay. Okay. If it looks like it's suffering, it looks like it's um, got some kind of deficiency, the leaves are yellowing or they're looking pale, it could be getting root bound, uh, as in it's not being able to hold as much water. The roots are binding up on themselves. They're not spreading out. And that can also happen in a cover pot. Mm. I've done it before with a, a spider plant, thought it was fine. And it started suffering a month later, a couple of months later, it wasn't looking great. And I lifted it out of the grower's pot. And the reason the roots hadn't come out the bottom is because they'd completely circled each other. The roots were the exact shape of the grower's pot. Wow. Yeah. And this plant was suffering pretty bad. That's what you have to look for. Uh, what are the roots like? Uh, is is the pot very tight? Uh, are they coming out the bottom? Uh, is the plant suffering? Mm-hmm. Dividing, I would say on that, it's very much a case-by-case basis because mm-hmm. uh, some of them are spider plants. I've divided spider plants uh, and they've done okay. Other plants, you'll divide them and you'll literally kill it. A ficus, it's got a woody stem. You can't divide it. It's like splitting a tree in half. Yeah. Uh, spider plants where there's tons of leaves coming out. It's a nice wide crown with a healthy rootstock that can be divided. So understand what your plant is before you risk dividing it. Uh, the best thing to do, identify your plant, Uh, and ask an expert. 
with fertilizer, uh, less is more. Mm-hmm. Um, if you transplant, uh, which is repotting as well, not a bad idea to use a transplant fertilizer. Good for the roots, get those roots going. Um, so you're normally looking at a higher middle number. If you have a lot of houseplants like I do, I don't have specialized fertilizers. They all get an all-purpose houseplant fertilizer. I believe the one I use is 15, 15, 15. Ideally, don't fertilize during the winter. You only want to fertilize a plant during periods of active growth. Otherwise, it can bind up on the roots and it can cause more damage than good. Mm-hmm. Normally, a good idea to stop fertilizing uh, some of your plants during uh, the winter months and then start fertilizing again, unless you have plants like Christmas cactus. Hey, I have Christmas. I do have flowering plants. I've got Christmas cactus. Oh, yeah, I yeah, do there too. There you go. I do have a flowering plant. I'm glad we answered this question. <laughs> so my, my my Christmas cactus, when they're in bloom, even though it's during the winter, I fertilize them because the, the amount of energy required for those blooms requires some supplements. Mm-hmm. So fertilize during periods of active growth or activity, uh, blooming and whatnot, and less is more. If you get a fertilizer and it says add 10 milliliters to one liter, I know some people think, oh, if I add 20, it must be better. Uh, that would be like doubling up on a medication. Oh, yeah, not good. Yeah. So if my fertilizer says 10 milliliters to a liter, oftentimes I'll only do maybe five to eight milliliters Mm-hmm. Fertilizer is supplemental. The plant should be getting what it needs through light, either sunlight or artificial, and through having a good growing medium. Okay. The fertilizer is a supplement to keep it healthy and growing. Never go over the manufacturer's um, recommendations. They've tested it. They know what it uh, what it can do mm-hmm. and fertilize accordingly. Best time to fertilize April to October. Cut it out in the winter months unless you've got poinsettias, Christmas cactus, in which case fertilize them. So I hope that helps, Holly. I hope that you have a good journey with your house plants. And just a huge thank you to everyone else who reached out with their questions. We'll be sure to reach out and, and answer those questions for you. If you have a question, um, something you've been wondering about house plants or garden related, uh, reach out to us through email, social at goldenacre.ca, or you can interact with our weekly question and polls again over on our Instagram. Instagram channel. And we hope that you'll join us next Sunday because we're going back to seed starting. We've already talked about if it's for you. And if it is, we're going to talk about how. Yeah, because it's it's all well and good uh, saying to people, is seed starting for you? And they're like, it is for me. And then we don't tell them how to do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we might be missing an important part there. And still loads of time. I started some seedlings early because I, I have to because I use them for, for show and tell basically. Uh, but I'm, I'm looking forward to that. It's it's always fun to, to explain how to do it and uh, I can nerd out about how exactly a seed works. So uh, hopefully you'll catch us next Sunday 8 a.m. Mountain Time on your favorite podcasting platform and we'll catch you next week. Bye. Bye everyone.